This is Barbara Schaefer, Scott's wife. I work with Scott in our dog behavior business. I'm going to talk with Scott today in this episode on a question that so many dog owners ask. How do I get my dog to stop barking? We'll discuss some basics about dog barking in the first part of the episode and provide some treatment options for you near the end. Welcome to the Dog Aggression Answers Podcast. I'm Scott Schaefer, your host and a certified expert in dog behavior. With a background of helping thousands of aggressive dogs and their owners, I'm here to share humane, science-based solutions for your dog's aggression. Stay tuned. Okay, Scott, are you ready to get started? Yes, and thanks for doing this episode with me today, Barb. You and I work together on everything in our dog behavior business, but we haven't done a Dog Aggression Answers podcast together. I want to tell our listeners that I learned many years ago that it takes a second person when working with a dog behavior client and their dog, that person, of course, being Barb. A behavior consultant or behaviorist working alone with clients and their dogs is at a real disadvantage. I don't know how they do it. I agree. Okay, let's start at the beginning. Why do dogs bark? I always like to start a conversation about dog barking with one comment. Barking is a symptom of a root cause. There is a root cause that is causing the barking. Doesn't it make sense that if we address the root cause, that that will reduce or eliminate the barking? Kind of reminds me, I have a physician friend who asked me not too long ago, what do I do to stop my dog from barking? And I answered, maybe a little bit smart alecky, but he got the point. I said, doctor, I have an, a fever. How do I stop that? And he said, well played. You've made the point. And it is a good point. It's just one symptom, and we have to dive into it a little bit deeper than that. It's not unlike a human baby crying. They don't just cry to cry. There is always some reason. And to continue the analogy, I don't think anyone would argue that we should just get babies to stop crying and not find out why they were crying in the first place. Although, after our flight yesterday from Pensacola to Dallas, next to that screaming kid, I would have been very happy just for the baby to stop crying. I don't really care what the root cause was. The parents could worry about the reason for crying when they got off the flight. Wow. That was a long flight. I felt really sorry for the mom, but it didn't matter. We still wanted that baby to stop screaming and crying. If we only work to stop the dog from just barking, we never will get a long-term solution. All we will do is stop the barking in the moment, and it always resumes later. I've asked the following question to hundreds of clients over the years, something like this, a question like this. How long have you been trying to get your dog to just stop barking? In most cases, the answer is years. When we just seek to stop the barking and don't go any deeper than that, by yelling at the dog, for example, it's just a temporary fix. And as listeners to this podcast know, these kinds of techniques will sometimes work in the short term but frequently actually make the problem worse in the long run. So not only is it not a long-term fix, but it makes the problem worse. And that's a whole other discussion that we've covered in other episodes. 
Okay, that makes sense. Then what are some of the root causes for dogs to be barking? Barb, that, of course, is a great question, and it's kind of the essence of this whole episode. And it's a question that all dog owners who have a dog with nuisance barking problems should be investigating. The reasons for it are not always black and white, and sometimes they overlap. That's really a critical thing here. I'm going to list a few reasons here in just a second what the root causes are. But remember, it's rarely just one. There's usually some overlap and a multitude of factors, I guess, is what I'm saying here. The list for reasons is virtually endless, to be honest. But let me give you some of the common ones right now. Anxiety barking. The best example of anxiety barking might be with separation anxiety, where the dog is stressed and is vocalizing its distress by barking. When I say vocalizing, that covers whining, barking, and a whole host of sounds that dogs make, and barking fits in there. All right, attention barking. This is also called demand barking, where the dog barks at a human in order to simply be recognized and acknowledged. And I like to call this kind of barking benign type of barking. It's not aggression. The dog is really not stressed in the way that it's under distress, but it's just trying to get your attention. And since dogs are social animals, it's not altogether bad. It's not desirable, but it's not the end of the world when it comes to barking, although it can be annoying. One of the ways we know it's demand barking is that the dog always looks at the human's eyes or into the human's eyes when it's trying to engage the human while barking. Next one, territorial barking. This is a common fear-based barking. The dog is fearful of a human or dog entering their space. Normally, the owner's home may be the backyard and uses aggression to keep them away. And this is aggressive barking, okay? This is the first one that we've talked about that is aggressive barking. Fear barking. This also fits in the category of aggressive barking. And it's the fear of various triggers, such as unfamiliar humans. And when I say unfamiliar humans, I'm talking about people that are unfamiliar to the dog. The dog is scared of them as a result, and the dog gets to decide who those people are, as we've talked about before. Other triggers such as dogs, sounds, and inanimate objects such as moving cars, trucks, bicycles, etc. Just like with territorial aggression, the dog barks to keep these things at a distance. And since they move away or they pass by, the dog thinks that it's working and that behavior is reinforced. That's a whole nother discussion. The next one is arousal barking. This is when dogs get excited and just don't know what to do with themselves, so they bark. This is absolutely not unlike how human children squeal and scream when they are excited about something. Well, maybe even some adults that I know too, for that matter. This kind of barking can occur, for example, at the dog's mealtime. It can also occur when an owner returns after a long absence. It can happen during play, etc. How do we know which one it is? And does barking always mean aggression? Your first question about how we know what kind of barking it is is really the key. It asks, 
why is the dog barking at this moment or in this moment? If we know why, we can treat it. Here are some rules of thumb for determining this. And there's two. One, the pitch, duration, and frequency of a dog's bark can tell us why they're barking. For example, a high-pitched and repeated bark is usually playful. Usually playful. Rapid barks with pauses can mean something is wrong, such as when they sense an intruder. We would see this in fear and territorial barking, like we mentioned just a second ago. Dogs have a large range of barks that can help us identify what is causing the barking. And that really makes me think, Barb, that we need to do an episode just on barking. It really is fascinating. They've done studies, and actually I've done this in my seminars, where I'll just play a dozen different barking tracks and just ask the audience to guess what the dog is thinking. And you know what's funny? Most people get it pretty right, which is kind of interesting, even non-dog professionals. The second note I want to make about dogs barking is that one of the best diagnostic tools that we have is noticing what the dog is looking toward when they are barking. If a dog is looking at a runner, someone running down the street and barking when you're out on a walk, their concern is the runner. If a dog is looking at a wall inside your home, nothing nothing to script while barking, it's probably caused by a sound emanating from outside the home. The dog is just looking in the general direction of the sound. If your dog is looking directly in the owner's eyes, it is most likely demand or attention barking as we noted earlier. Your next question, Barb, if I recall was, does barking always mean aggression? The answer is no. Most dog barking is aggression, however, but some is not. It just really, to answer that question really better, depends on the dog. For the dogs that I see in, or that we see in our practice, most of their barking is aggression because we see those kinds of dogs. For most pet dogs, maybe not so much. Could be attention getting. It really does vary from dog to dog. So when I say most barking is aggression, that would be for behavioral cases if I'm really being accurate there. If the dog is barking to move something that scares them further away, it's aggression. The very definition of aggression. In other words, they're afraid of a dog or a human, for example, or a car passing by. This is the bulk of dog barking in my experience and in our practice. If the dog is barking to get attention, they want the thing they're barking at to come closer. This is certainly not aggression. It's called a distance decreasing behavior. Barking associated with anxiety is, of course, also not aggression. It's a cry for help, if you will. And barking associated with play is also not aggressive, although some dog owners think it is. It can be kind of confusing. Dogs naturally can bark and growl when they are playing, but it is simply play-based. One time I had a client who had a huge Rottweiler, and I think, Barb, you'll remember this because you were there. I was with this dog for almost an hour and had assessed it as not being human aggressive at all. And that's a good idea to do when you're working with a large Rottweiler. I felt so comfortable with the dog that I sat on the floor. It's something I don't normally do to engage with it. I felt completely comfortable. The dog immediately ran to me growling and barking. It happened so fast and was so intense 
that I wasn't sure what kind of barking it was. I thought this dog was completely fine, but man, it was moving in a way that was really concerning. The owner could probably see my concern and said, oh, he does that with people he really likes. It was simply just barking associated with play. So let me tell you, if I'm confused by it, I can certainly understand why the average dog owner can be confused by this play barking and growling. It's not really aggression. It's just play. I sincerely wish, however, the dog owner had told me that before I sat down. As it turned out, the dog was absolutely, of course, a sweetheart. And I enjoyed working with the dog and the family. Those folks were great, too. Do dogs know that barking is annoying to their owners? (laughs) That's a great question, Barb. And let me ask another question before I answer that. And is there any kind of barking that dogs do that we enjoy? I don't know. I don't think there is. If I think about it, I'm not sure I ever enjoy hearing a dog bark. How about you, Barb? Sometimes I don't really mind if our dogs bark, but I would probably never choose for them to bark. So back to your original question. Do dogs know that their barking is annoying their owners? I'm going to say probably not. And I say probably because we can't know for sure. We can't interview dogs. We can't do cognitive therapy. Maybe someday we can, although it won't be any time in the near future. Dogs essentially bark for fear and attention. If it's fear, they aren't thinking about the owner at all. They're thinking about themselves, of course. And if they're barking for attention, one would think they wouldn't know it's annoying because if they're trying to engage the dog owner, that wouldn't be a good strategy. So, yeah, I don't think they do. I think they're thinking that it's achieving some other goal, which is moving scary things away or to get the owner's attention, essentially. That makes sense. But does barking go away on its own if the root cause remains unchanged? Well, great question. We're all told that you never say never. I know that's real cliche. But this one is pretty close to never. The barking doesn't normally just stop if nothing about the cause of the barking changes. Think about it. If anxiety, wanting attention, territorial fear, various triggers, and arousal cause a dog to bark, there is little reason for the dog to stop barking because the motivation for the behaviors hasn't changed. If the motivation, the root cause is still there, they're going to keep barking. This is true if no intervention in the form of behavior modification is done. In fact, and we've covered this in other episodes, this barking behavior in practice reinforces itself because it gets the outcome the dog wants, whether real or imagined. It's the outcome that the dog is looking for. Then how do you treat these various barking issues? And really, that's the whole essence of this episode is is that we want to determine what the root cause is, and then we talk about how do you treat it. I'm going to answer your question, Barb, in general terms, because there are a lot of variables here. We could go on forever, but we want to keep a relatively short podcast. For anxiety-related causes of barking, we'd want to either remove the thing that is causing the anxiety, although this is not always possible to completely remove it. If we aren't able to do that, which is pretty typical, we have to desensitize and counter-condition the dog to what is causing their anxiety. That means we have a planned and slow exposure to the trigger, 
while matching the exposure with something the dog finds pleasurable, such as commonly would be food treats. Attention or demand barking is one of the easiest to address in my estimation. We address this by carefully and intentionally removing the fuel for the barking, which is the owner's attention. In other words, the dog wants the owner's attention, the owner gives it attention, and that's the fuel. The dog has successfully barked in the past to get the owner's attention, which has worked. We instruct the owner to simply stop giving the dog any kind of attention for this kind of behavior, and the behavior goes away, or as we call it in animal behavior, it is extinguished. And I know that sounds really simple. <laughs> that you just, oh, just don't give, don't pay any attention to it. Or as someone I used to work with said, is pay it no mind. Okay, I love that expression, pay it no mind. Well, you have to be very specific in how you ignore the behavior. And I like to instruct clients to not look, touch, or talk. And there's some other things around it besides that. But it can really be extinguished fairly quickly if you're committed to doing it consistently. How do we address barking associated with territorial fear and other fear triggers such as unfamiliar dogs and unfamiliar humans. And we address that by managing the dog around the triggers while desensitizing and counterconditioning to the trigger. I know that's a really simple answer, but that's the essence of what we do for that. Let's talk for a second how we address arousal barking. Arousal barking can be classified under the category of unruly behaviors. There is some overlap here with the other forms of barking because there is always an element of arousal, of course, with barking. However, in simple arousal barking, where that's the primary cause, just a dog is being aroused, the dog is barking because they are excited about something. Some people actually call it excitement barking. The word excitement is a little too anthropomorphic for me, to use for dogs. And by anthropomorphic, I mean giving dogs human qualities. I prefer to call it arousal barking versus excitement barking because it better describes the behavior in dogs and it can cover more causes for this kind of barking other than just pure excitement. We address this kind of barking by teaching the dog impulse control around the triggering event. A good example of arousal barking would be when an owner greets their dog after being gone all day, like we talked about earlier. The dog is clearly happy to see the owner and just doesn't inhibit their behaviors at all. And that would be, one of those examples would be barking uncontrollably. The treatment for this includes using a functional reward to treat calm behavior. In, in other words, behavior that is under some form of impulse control. A functional reward is a reward that says, Impulse control gets you what you want. Wow, this is great stuff. In one sense, it sounds really simple. And in another, it sounds kind of complex. It may seem complex, but it really isn't that bad. It doesn't have to be complex. Remember, we covered numerous causes of barking. For most dog owners, their dog's nuisance barking is caused by one or two reasons. Once you identify what the root causes are, the treatment is normally fairly straightforward. So what should dog owners do if they find their dog is barking and it's a real nuisance? The first thing to do and the most important is to find out the why of the dog's barking, to discover the root cause as we've been talking about. We know the symptom, barking, but we need to unearth what is causing the barking first. Once this is done, 
then the proper treatment can begin as noted earlier. If you can't discern what is causing the barking on your own, then you might want to connect with a certified dog behavior consultant in your area who can help you figure all of this out and create a proper treatment plan. Many nuisance barking cases like we've been talking about today are actually quite straightforward to treat. This has been great. From my perspective, it seems like figuring out the root cause is the most important thing. Yeah, exactly. And then coming up with a treatment plan to address this root cause. Not to worry so much about the barking itself. It's only a symptom. Precisely. And doing this will provide improvement and hopefully and should provide durable results, meaning long-lasting results. Thanks, Scott. We need to do this more often. I agree. And thank you. I loved having you with me on this episode. It was really fun. And we do need to do this more often. Thanks for tuning in today. If you enjoyed the episode, subscribe on your favorite podcast platform and leave a review if this information is helpful. I always appreciate your insights. So visit dogaggressionanswers.com if you'd like to leave me a message. Before we wrap up, This podcast offers educational insights, but for serious dog aggression issues, always consult directly with a certified dog behavior consultant. See you next time and stay tuned.